Okay, hello everybody and welcome to today's live podding with Tech Marketing Trends podcast. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the Managing Director of Bright Vision as well as host of this podcast here today. And I'm so excited, not only because we're live podding and, uh, and so on LinkedIn, but we're also going to talk a very interesting topic here today, changing B2B purchasing habits and I have, as you can see, a very interesting guest with us, Laura Ardam, who is Senior Account Executive at Dream Data and an expert in this area. So welcome to our podcast. So good to have you with us, Laura. Thank you so much, Jacob. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, so nice. So I'm looking forward to having, you know, about 20, 30 minutes here to chat about uh purchasing habits within b2b space which you have really studied a lot and 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 so forth but before we dive into that you know you just need to give us a little bit of background who you are and what you're doing and so forth yes so i'm laura erdem and i'm senior account executive at dream data i joined dream data as the first salesperson and started closing deals after co-founder started uh, could close deals. So it's kind of one of the first milestones as a startup. Co-founder sales, then salespeople sales. So I've tried that. And during that time, and even before when I joined Dream Data, I had a lot of experience with sales and various sales setups. Enterprise sales, selling a known brand company, selling a startup. That is a totally different journey. But still, your buyers are at the driver's seat. And that's what you figure out more and more when you get deeper and deeper into sales and fall more and more in love with marketing in these changing habits of sell, selling to various companies and B2Bs. Yeah, awesome. And for those of us who haven't come across Dream Data, you just need to give a little bit of background to what you do there. Yeah, Dream Data is a revenue attribution platform, like very fancy name that says little to a lot of people, unless you're in marketing. But, but in very basic terms, we help go-to-market leaders, that could be a marketer, that could be a salesperson, to understand which digital touches are driving your purchases. And in B2Bs, Jakob, you know that better than whoever. There are so many touches throughout the whole customer journey. There are so many stakeholders. Long time goes till you actually meet the client. So you need to figure out which touches are impactful. Should we blast hundreds of cold calls before we meet a client or should we let marketing work on this? So it's kind of, that's what we help companies with to figure out what's actually working so they can scale it. Fantastic. Very, very interesting and, and quite difficult topic as well with the revenue attribution i think i've been talking with clients around that you know for 20 years but it's always very hard to get it working so i'm sure it's it's a good business helping uh, companies try to sort things out regarding uh, revenue attribution since as you say there's so many touch points and things going on so you never know just as the guy said 100 years ago i know half of my advertising body is wasted i just don't know which part of it it is <laughs> you know, this is like the quote our cmo still uses even though it's like i think 50 years old or something but it still works because still as yeah, a marketer, yeah. it works but 50 percent of it is wasted i don't know which <laughs> yeah and um, i mean 
back in the days, maybe it was because you didn't have the data, but now we have too much data. We can analyze pretty much everything down to the 10th decimal. And, uh, you know, it's just complex to get things sorted and so on. And uh, Google Analytics, uh, da, 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 you have business intelligence just about everywhere. But it's it's hard to see, you know, the trends in it. So, yeah, interesting topic. And we'll probably come back to that a little bit later. But you have also, as part of your role and the Dream Data content team and so forth, reach research a lot about B2B purchasing habits. And you have found that, yeah, you know, it's changed over the recent years according to, to your research and content there. So it would be interesting to, to hear a little bit about starting at the top level here. What factors would you say have, uh, have changed and what, what trends have you seen when you have worked with this uh, uh, topic? Yeah, so to start with, if you asked anybody in B2B, what is your time to revenue? The person would answer you, what is the time from the first meeting till new business is closed? We have learned from our clients, B2B clients, that the customer journeys takes around 192 days for B2Bs. And around 50% of that is untracked before they start a meeting with you. So when somebody tells you how long their customer journey is from first meeting to new business, usually the 50% of that is on the other side that is uncovered, that you wouldn't know what happened because people have been researching you before you actually met them. So the habits are changing in that way that the salesperson is no longer a teacher. I was working at Gartner before I joined Dream Data. And for salespeople, we used to use like three steps of a sale. Teach, tailor, take control. And it is, I would say, an outdated way of selling because you could never expect a salesperson nowadays to come in and teach you stuff. Before in time, you could, because if it is a complex topic, you call in Google and they will teach you stuff, right? But nowadays... Your buyers teach themselves online. You have to meet them in the mediums they are at. They're teaching themselves, educating themselves in the market, in the trends, and finding you as a part of their customer journey, understanding the problem. So that 50% of 192 days is spent of your clients researching you while you're not in the room. And then the salesperson comes in tailors the sales process according to the needs that the person has who's coming to the to the meeting and then you take control of the sales process and close the deal finally but marketing is getting a bigger and bigger role in the whole customer journey for b2b's because they're researching you longer than you would expect them to Do you work as a sales, marketing, or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing, and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. That's interesting. So, so you see a longer decision cycle than than traditionally coming into B two B. Is it is it still growing, or are we delaying processes even more, or do you think it will come to a stop, or maybe 
accelerate again or or where do you see it going i think it's becoming even longer especially with the current trends what's happening in the market so what we have seen is that especially after the new year the decisions are extended for even longer time because what's likely has happened people have created their strategies for the new year and everybody knows something is coming oh is this a crisis is this chat gpt or whatever brand stuff that is like going to hit us tomorrow and they're preparing for that and questioning every single purchase like seven times more than they used to do before you need to meet even more stakeholders in the journey we're selling an attribution platform and i have never met a cfo before now cfos are around the table or at least taking the decision while you're not in the room so if you create content for your buyer and as a salesperson afterwards take over the process and help your champion sell your product over to the CFO because the CFO is juggling a lot of things. So cloud bill, attribution platform, consultants, everything is a cost. And if you can help tailor the information that you are the one who's making to going to make a difference for their growth, then it's much easier. But it starts way before the CFO is in the room at all. Mm. So interesting. Really interesting. I uh, I can agree. I can also see that both from client side and and uh, our own. That yeah, it it seems to slow down a little bit and taking more time. And there's more things to consider and educate yourself as a buyer on in the in the processes, especially as there's so much risk in the in the macro environment, as you say, uh, and so forth. So it it's so interesting to hear about that. And uh, what do you think? Um, uh, how should marketing department, you said that marketing becomes a bigger player now in those driving those decision cycles and educational cycles. What trends do you see from a marketing perspective and how can we you know, mitigate this risk of, of uh, the delayed decisions or, or purchase processes? Yeah. So there is a huge wave of automated content up- um, upcoming. ChatGBT is going to create any type of content faster than the whole team of people can write down. But it's not going to be quality content. So as a marketer, getting ready for that trend, you have to figure out how you're going to use the technology to stand out. Because sales or marketing process, you always have to think about how can I be better than a machine, than a robot? could do anything at all. So if I'm able to write a piece of content that is actually very helpful and precise for people taking the decision, you have to be there. You have to niche into the channels that your buyers are gathering at. Is that communities? Is that LinkedIn? Is that the blog post you're writing? Which keywords are they researching when they're finding you? And which of those keywords is easiest for salespeople to close at the end? It could be that some of the keywords are exploding your leads. You're getting so many leads, really cheap keywords. Moving into sales qualified leads, you get zero, nothing. Niche out because it's just bringing you crap leads and wasting the time of your team. So that sales and marketing alignment to figure out where are our buyers, where are they getting the information from? And as a marketer, it's not a creative department anymore. It's important. But the most important part for B2Bs is the data. 
is like get inspired of all the creatives, niche into the data so you can help your salespeople sell and close the deals as fast as possible. Do they need content during the sales process or do they need the content before they're actually aware? So these are the juggles that the marketers are having to work with daily day. Yeah, so interesting. And uh, <laughs> that's very, uh, yeah, uh, an important question to, to discuss in every marketing department. Do you see any other trends that are impacting the B2B buyer behavior right now that's worth, uh, uh, you know, having on the radar for marketing and sales teams today? So marketing has an awareness of untrackable customer journeys. It's like, oh, our buyers are researching us while we're not in the room. Hands down, we don't know where they are, what they're doing. It's like, I know, I only can tell you where they come from when they submit a form and all that, oh, cookie list future and so on. If you as a marketer are able to map every single touch of your journey, if you'll need to ask your clients, do that. Because if they submitted a form through LinkedIn, but while you're asking them, they would say, oh, yes, I've heard Jacob on a podcast. Well, I mean, that's working. So put thoughts into the whole journey of the untrackable stuff so you can niche down on those and put as much quality there where your buyers are looking for you. So if anybody in marketing is telling you that, oh, dark social, dark whatever, I don't know, communities and so on, we don't know what that is that means that they haven't figured out how to do it just yet. Mm -hmm. There is a big part of untrackable stuff, but you know which communities your buyers are at. You know what kind of podcast they're listening to if you don't ask. And then track every single touch in the customer journey you can track. Don't just cross your arms and say that, oh, but Google Analytics is uh, giving us 90 days of view for any form submission. Yes but you can do something about it and figure out what happens before. So don't just trust on the first information that every single marketer is using. Mm, yeah, so interesting. And uh, uh, that's really important. And if, if we turn into that analytics and try to see all these steps, as you say, you know, and, and try to understand what can we do in order to provide the information that the buyers might need or, or you know, want to read about when we're not in the room, so to say, and can influence them on a live basis? Um, what, since you're coming from a data platform that analyzes all these touch points and steps, what do you see are the most uh, low-hanging fruits or, you know, best best things to start working on from your from your perspective do you have any quick tips or or insights around that of course so the most important thing this is like the easiest every marketer should be doing is proper utm mapping of every touch so if you've got links that are not properly utm mapped you're pretty doomed <laughs> so and it's something that you every marketer can do and apply to be able to track that journey. Okay, we've got the UTMs properly mapped. Where do they land then? Do they land in some Excel sheet where I then start to stitch some of the journeys? That's good. To begin with, that's great. Maybe one day you will also want to look into a customer data platform because now we've got a lot of traffic and it's going all over the place. 
so you can try start tracking everything that's happening on your website through segment or snowplow any other solutions if google analytics is not enough so far and then you can start looking into okay so how are we mapping this into our crm by the way, marketers should care that there is a CRM as well. So that's another thing, but it's a yeah. it's a really big topic. But it's like, how am I feeding the information from the marketing channels to sales? Because even though people think that, oh, sales don't care and so on, sales do care. Sales do care where do I get those prospects from? And marketing is not just events and list of attendees during events. Marketing is so much more and they have they are sitting on so much data how people are actually educating themselves that sales can definitely take that up in further conversations. So low-hanging fruits, UTM mapping, put that data somewhere so you can see and map it to the accounts and give that information to sales. Awesome. So interesting. And for a company who, who really wants to, to dig into, let's say, uh, you know, we have a company here who I think a, a fairly common scenario is that you have some kind of CRM, you do have some kind of tracking, maybe not on every touch point, but you have a fair amount of data and you have some kind of uh, things set up. So you have a pretty good overview of what's going on when um, in, in the customer journeys and so forth. But how can I, you know, where should I start if I want to upgrade it and really start working with revenue attribution? I want to know exactly what's the important parts and so on. Can you just talk to us a little bit about uh, for the beginner in revenue attribution, where should we start and how can we use that in order to leverage where to put our energy and, and budget? I think it starts with the internal alignment to start with. It doesn't start with a tool. So mm -hmm. You would have to align with your sales department and even higher leadership, like with the director of like yourself. Like, how are we going to grow this year? And where are the gaps in the customer journeys that we need to understand in order to scale further? It could be that you already have that data and you don't need an attribution platform to start with. If your goal is closer alignment with sales, faster a demo to new business or like the goals where you can see the actual gaps because when there are clients who are coming over to me and saying oh it would be so nice to see the full customer journey all the touches in one place my first question is what kind of decisions are you going to change if you see that customer journey because often than not i'm not selling dream data for the customer journey view it's nice but it's also doable to scroll that customer journey through HubSpot and their gaps, fine. But what are we going to do next out of that? Do we want to niche in? Are we using too much money on paid ads? Do we feel that our why of our events is not high enough and we should do even more webinars instead of having a stand at a specific event? So when you're starting to take the bigger decisions, where should we put our money? Then you can niche into figuring out where are those touches? How are we capturing leads from events? But there are so many low-hanging fruits for each and every step to upgrade it before you actually can go into and look after an attribution platform. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. So uh, what are the most, uh, you know, from more expect, uh, experience, where do you see um, 
companies who start working with revenue attribution in a more process oriented way, you know, compared to they not, what kind of insights and what kind of uh, things do you typically <laughs> experience? Yeah. So first place to save a lot on, like the first thing that happens is savings on paid performance. If you have an attribution, a proper attribution platform that gives you insights into your granular performance of each and every platform, you're able to compare return on ad spend on each platform. And suddenly you figure out that Bing is actually performing way better than Google ads. And we have been overspending. What our CMO does, he picks up cost of acquisition of a client for, let's say, cost of acquiring an SQL for each and every keyword through the platforms as well, and says, okay, how much am I willing to pay for an SQL? And then it's very easy to throw out all the campaigns that have been bringing way too expensive keywords because probably they don't convert further. And that's what you can get from the revenue attribution platform because you would know how are each and every campaign performing according to form submitted, deal created, deal closed. This is one of the first things they realize. The next thing goes into content, ungated content. So that's like the, who we don't know what they're reading, why if it is not gated and so on, they don't give us their emails. Ungated content is possible to map as well and possible to figure out what kind of blogs or pages are never read. Which of those are the biggest buying like greenest flags you can get. The first person to ping me on my ICPs I'm working on is my CMO to tell me, Laura, these three prospects have been on our pricing page this and this many times last week. Go have a chat or are you talking with them? Like this is the collaboration with sales and marketing that you can uncover if you have proper tracking throughout. So these are the stuff that we usually uncover to start with. And then it goes to reporting to mar uh, management and so on and like optimization of strategies. But this is kind of the big picture after implementation has happened. Yeah, that's great. And then you call them and say, yeah, I saw you were 27 seconds on our pricing page. So I just went. <laughs> that's great. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's creepy. That's creepy. Let's not do that, even though we know it. <laughs> yes, and that's so interesting. So uh, very, very interesting to hear. I think, yeah, there's a lot of learn uh, learnings there around revenue attribution. And, and I mean, just important things like customer acquisition cost or CAC, uh, you know, it's, it's not always easy to calculate for companies where have uh, complex sales process now. So, so I suppose that can be a good help within a revenue attribution platform as well. So really, really interesting. Um, if we just revert back to some of the trends and, and um, forecasting of <laughs> things going forward here from, from the data and the things you have been looking into, what trends do you see as important within B2B uh, purchasing behaviors uh, coming the coming year. Have you seen any or drawn any conclusions around that? Customer journey length is extending. So this is what we have touched upon. Mm. Last year, we saw it around 192 days. 
for a deal to close. Well, this year we'll have to calculate how does that go. And in addition to that, there are more stakeholders involved in the buying journey. So that wouldn't surprise me as well, that there are more people involved in the customer journeys too. Then if we're looking into how many touches does it take to close a deal, digital touches or events and so on, Last year, we saw that it was 31 touch throughout the full buying journey for B2Bs to close a deal. So like marketing visits in the website or meeting at the events or regular Zoom meetings, calls and so on, 31 touches. That will definitely go up for, for the next year. So you better figure that out as well, how long it is for you and how close you are actually to close that deal that you think that you can close really. And well, the explosion of social, people go and ask other people. So like you can go on LinkedIn today and pop a question. What's the best marketing consulting service in Sweden? And you might be there, you might not be there. But if you're not there, then there's something not working because you have to be top of mind. But before that, you have to know what has happened before, that where people found out about you. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, that's in, in, interesting and also challenging for sales and marketing departments, of course, that, you know, we need to update our tactics and our playbooks and, and how should we spend our time and, and budgets and so forth. So really, really interesting. Laura, that, this has been so, uh, so interesting to hear and learn from you. Uh, this half an hour went really fast. But before you go, um, you know, people who want to read up more about revenue attribution and your content about, you know, purchasing behaviors and things like that, where can we send them? Well, LinkedIn. We're very active on LinkedIn. That's where our buyers are. If you follow Dream Data on LinkedIn or you come and connect together with me or any of our co-founders, we post a lot and we do LinkedIn lives as well on various topics. So see you on the next one. <laughs> Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Laura. And um, this has been so, so interesting to, to discuss with you. And I um, uh, wish you all the best for Dream Data and uh, all your endeavors in the future there. I'm sure we will catch up some other time and here maybe next year. What's what's the trends have been impacted during 2023? <laughs> thank <laughs> so, you so, so much, Jacob. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, have a great day and uh, thank everybody for listening in. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye.